Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Caps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past fortnight? Yeah, very good, thank you. Although I am down to my final dregs of match fitness, so I may be feeling leggy around the 70-minute mark in this one, Dan. OK, I'll keep that in mind. We may have a sub, we may not. But also, last but certainly not least, is Jamie Brown. Jamie, how have you been keeping this past couple of weeks? Yeah, very good, thank you. I think as well, I mean, I've been enjoying the transfer window. Of course, amazing that Spurs have managed to make a signing before June, which is, uh, of course, very unheard of. But to bring in Ivan Perisic, I'm uh, very happy with. But yeah, obviously, an exciting start to the transfer window. So um, yeah, and I'm sure we'll see plenty more of that uh, in the coming weeks. We certainly will. We've only just begun on that front. And of course, as always, if any bets take your fancy this weekend, check with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on our next show. OK, where should we start first? On this show, we're going to attempt to diffuse the minefield, which is international football betting. And therefore, our sole focus will be on the whole weekend of Nations League football. With that in mind, we may as well start from Thursday and work our way round to Sunday. Which means first off, we're going to go to Group A2 as Switzerland play host to Spain. Both nations are looking for their first win in this Nations League cycle. The question is, James, who, if any, will get those all-important three points? Well, I guess if you have to pick a winner, you'd just about go for the Spaniards. But it's a tricky fixture. Switzerland are a pretty robust side of the international stage. They don't lose all that often. And especially at home, where they haven't lost a competitive game for nearly eight years. I do like this Spain side, though. And I think they're very much a dark horse for Qatar in the winter. Although... Like many nations this summer, I doubt they have much zest left in the tank for these games. So I think we could see a pretty low-key affair here. So a draw is my pick here and get that at 13-5. Of course, Jamie, the golden age of Spanish football has long since burnt out since their dominance of a decade ago. With that said, there is a new generation of exciting stars coming to the fore. Who, if any, catch your interest in the betting markets before kickoff? Yeah, well, I think ahead of this one, of course, we saw Switzerland. They have lost their opening two matches. So I do kind of fancy Spain for this one. Um, I think in terms of a goal scorer for Spain, I'm, I like the look of Ferran Torres at, at 15-8. to 8. I think that's a fairly decent shout. He was rested in their last match against Czech Republic. I expect him to kind of come back into the team because he is a key part of uh, Luis Enrique's attack. I think another interesting shout as well would be uh, Pablo Gavi. He did get... Um, he, he did score against Czech Republic in their last outing to become Spain's youngest ever goal scorer. Of course, a massive talent for Barcelona. Um, and yeah, he's a, he's a really, really top player. So I think that that would be an interesting shout. Pablo Gavi to score any time at 11-4. to um, But yeah, those are my two shouts. Ferran, Ferran Torres or, or Pablo Gavi at uh, maybe a longer, longer shot. OK then, James. In this group, we will also see the two table toppers, that being Portugal and Czech Republic, square off on Thursday. You can currently get four to six on for Cristiano Ronaldo to add to his 117 international strikes. Now, before kickoff, do you fancy buying some money or are you going to keep your cash in your pocket? Well, you know you're a half-decent striker when you have a Wikipedia page dedicated solely to your goals at international level. And that particular crevice of the internet proved handy for this one. Ronaldo has already scored a couple of goals against the Czechs during his glittering career coming at Euro 2008 and then four years later at Euro 2012. So that ticks the first box. Next 
Look at his form for Portugal. And it's pretty good. He scored two a few days ago against Switzerland. So that's the next box ticked. And finally, a run of just three clean sheets in 10 for the Czech Republic is the icing on the cake. So, yes, I'll be all over a Ronaldo anytime goal here, Dan. OK, that's the anytime bet covered. That said, Jamie, we cannot overlook the Czech Republic either. The double chance Claxon is primed and ready at odds of 7-4 to four for an away win or a draw. Would you be keen to press this one? Yeah, I mean, well, look, I, I'd say not particularly. I do think Czech Republic's form has obviously been pretty impressive. But I think just with this game being in Lisbon, I think you definitely got to give Portugal the edge here. They did produce a, a really emphatic win, I think, on Sunday when they beat uh, Switzerland 4-0. Um, and as I said, you know, Czech Republic's form has been decent. But uh, I think Portugal, they look really strong at the moment. The game's in Lisbon, so uh, I, I'm definitely going to go for Portugal for this one. OK, then let's drop down the league now. And Norway currently have maximum points at the top of B4. So, James, would a Norwegian win over Slovenia be one of the safer accumulator picks to pick this weekend? Yeah, it certainly makes sense with how they've been playing. The Erling Haaland factor plays a huge role in these kind of games as well, where realistically there wouldn't normally be too much between the two sides. So the Man City man is likely to be a huge difference maker. And odds of 4-9 are just snug enough for it to slot nicely into an acker this weekend. And despite Norway not qualifying for the World Cup, they have some handy players, Haaland aside, so they're very much a nation to keep an eye on over the next few years. OK, if we're backing Norway to win, Jamie, much has been made of Erling Haaland and, of course, his impending move to Man City. So, with this international fixture in mind, he's 4-5 to five to score any time on Thursday. He's 5-2 to two to score first. So, would you go for the insurance bet here or do you fancy going for broke at those slightly longer odds? Yeah, well, it's definitely quite a shame that Norway won't be at the World Cup. And, of course, no Haaland at the World Cup. But he's a guy who really is in, on form at the moment. Of course, he's just coming off the back of an amazing uh, season in the Bundesliga. Of course, it was hampered by injuries. But I still think he managed to score like 26 goals or so. So, a guy who's in really great form. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think I definitely would look at that, especially at 5-2 to two for the first goal scorer. He's actually scored first in all of Norway's last four games as well. So, um, you know, in, on the international front, he's in really good form as well. He, of course, got a brace on the weekend against Sweden. So, as I said, a guy who's in, in, in really top form at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think 5-2 five to, five to two for the first goal scorer for Haaland is, uh, is pretty good value, actually. I'd have to agree there. Before we move on to Friday, though, let's have a quick look at Kosovo versus Northern Ireland. The interesting thing here is that the Green and White Army are yet to win a Nations League encounter, a run of 11 matches without a win. James, the big question is, can they finally end their barren run on Thursday? I mean, they wouldn't be touching Northern Ireland with a barge pole in this game, having watched portions of the game against Cyprus. There was just a stench of disinterest about them. None of them really wanted to be there, so... Trip to face Kosovo will hardly get the pulses racing either. Kosovo, six to five favourites, and you've got to say rightly so. Their only defeat in their last five was a pretty narrow one against Greece last time out, while Northern Ireland were without a goal in more than four and a half hours of football. But whatever happens, can't see it being a classic. But yeah, Kosovo do look the value pick here. With that in mind, Jamie, classic or not, you have to admit that Northern Ireland certainly have issues in front of goal. That's always been a kind of underlying case for them. Does under 2.5 in total make the most sense if you're going to back that market before kickoff. Yeah, I think it definitely does. And again, as James said, I would probably lean towards Kosovo here, uh, maybe edging this one. But as I said, I think under 2.5 goals, definitely the shout here. Um, Kosovo, they did fail to score against Greece on Sunday. Um, and Northern Ireland, they failed to score in their two uh, Nation League matches as well. And uh, I, I see them pretty much blanking uh, against Kosovo as well. So uh, I think under 2.5 goals is, is definitely the shout here. 
Right, that's Thursday over the line. We're now going to go to our newly named, in honour of James, our Sadio Mane bet building section. As once again, we look to combine three markets into one bet and hopefully get over the line. This time, it's France travelling to Austria as their Group A1 campaign in the Nations League has been something of a lacklustre start. So James, as always, I'd like an anytime goal scorer. You can't have Sadio Mane this week, so what have you got for me? Okay, right. Um, in that case, I have had my eye on a player for a while. He's gone under the radar this season, but I think in the years to come, we may have a player on our hands. I'm going to go for Karim Benzema, just the 50 <laughs> goals for club and country. So certainly the logical pick. You can get him at around five to four to bag any time here. Lovely stuff. And Jamie, as always, the over-under on the goals, please. Mm, yeah, well, uh, as James mentioned there, of course, got a player in Karim Benzema. I think he'll come back into the team. Mbappe... These two were kind of they were rested on the weekend. Um, I think Austria as well. They managed to get three against uh, Croatia, so I certainly see them getting on the score sheet. So I think with you know the the firepower of, of France and uh, Austria, you know maybe doing quite well at the moment in the Nations League. I, I definitely see goals in this one, so I'm going to go for over two point five goals. Fantastic, and I'll pick up the slack with the corners once again. I'll go with over eight. I think as you two have rightly said, there's enough attacking talent in either side really for there to be plenty of. Shots peppered on either goal, so I think that should lead to a decent amount of corners. Eight's relatively safe, so if you go over eight, that means nine or more should get us over the line. And now we're just going to recap on those three markets. Karim Benzema to score any time, that youngster there, keep an eye out for him. We've got over 2.5 goals in total. We've also got over eight corners. £10 bet, it's odds of 6-1, to one. that's £70 in your pocket if it gets over the line. We really hope it does, we hope it does as well, because we're due a winner. So let's hope that combination of markets gets over the line. But with that set up, let's have a quick chat about the fixture itself. And James, Austria failed to build on their 3-0 win over Croatia as they lost to Denmark in the last outing. So what's the tail of the tape in this one? Well, one thing you can certainly say about Austria is they're terribly inconsistent. I think we can all agree that one of those middle-of-the-road national teams, but they haven't won back-to-back -back games from the last 21 outings. So it tells you where they are in their development. But contrast that with the Le Bleu side, who haven't lost an away game in three years. You certainly have a pretty clear betting route out of this one. And France at 17-20 to 20 looks like pretty good value to me. And Jamie, if we quickly pivot to the World Cup outright odds, France are now second favourites at 13-2. to two. Do you think the wobble of last week will be of any concern to any punters looking for mid-term investment? Mm, well, I think possibly. I think in terms of quality and kind of the individuals in that team, I don't think you can write them off. But for me, I don't particularly fancy France to, to kind of go all the way in, uh, at this World Cup and defend obviously their trophy. Um, I think against Denmark, they were obviously pretty much full strength, but they just look, didn't look particularly cohesive as a team. And I think that that's the biggest issue for me. Again, you know, lots of rotation against Croatia and they were still unable to beat them. Of course, the Croatia side were just coming off the back of a 3-0 defeat to Austria as well. So that would obviously be, been a, be a, um, certainly a concern as well. But I, I think the main reason or for, for concern will be that, you know, this France this France side certainly doesn't play like a team. And, and uh, maybe, again, it's an issue of, of kind of too many egos in that dressing room. And I think that that's certainly kind of what let them down at the Euros as well. Um, so, yeah, for me, France is definitely not a team that I'm looking at. I definitely like the look of the two South American teams or the two big South American teams. They're certainly the two that I'm looking at. But for France... I do have uh, maybe some concerns about over there, you know, their ability as a team. I think individuals, you certainly can't question them, but uh, as a team, I, I definitely have concerns about them. Yeah, I think you're right in that sense. It's always a case of too many cooks and all of that, isn't it? Didier Deschamps obviously worked some magic four years ago, but you worry about the alchemy of this squad this time round. There's always so many talents, but with there being so many talents, they can't always get 
the minutes that they want at international level and then their squad harmony, etc, etc. So it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on France, not just in the World Cup, but of course across the Nations League as well. But let's stay in their group because Denmark are currently top of the standings, James. They play host to Croatia on Friday. How do you like the sound of evens for them to make it nine points from nine? Uh, I don't think I'll be steaming into back them, Dan. They are, of course, a very decent side and still very much underrated on the continent. But in Croatia, they face a very experienced outfit that also has some talented young players coming through as well. It's one of those that I think will be a good game to watch as a neutral, but perhaps it's one I'd say clear of if I was having a bet. Croatia aren't in great form, but that one will draw at home to France last time out. It's just about enough of a warning shot for me to stay clear when it comes to laying them. So I reckon a draw is the way to go here. You can get that at 13-5. to and Jamie, of course, Ivan Perisic has made the move to Tottenham. He keeps the connection between club and country alive. We've signed quite a few Croatians over the past what, decade or so. However, he didn't feature in the recent world draw with France. With that said, what players should the Danes be wary of on Friday? Yeah, I mean, as I said, they have been in pretty poor form, Croatia. or They made certainly a poor start to their Nations League campaign. So it's not maybe a bet that I'd, I'd particularly um, you know, be jumping at. But if I was to go for one, I like the look of Atalanta's attacking midfielder, uh, Mario Pasalic. Um, he's got 16 goals in Syria this season. So coming off the back of a, a very good campaign in the league, um, he's got six six goals for the national team as well. Um, so maybe he's he's kind of maybe more of a long shot. But I think a, a safer bet would definitely be uh, Kramaric. He's at 10-3 to three, uh, to score any time. Uh, he's got six goals in his last eight for Croatia. So again, you know, a lot safer bet. Um, I do like the look of him as well, or Kramaric. Right, that's Friday covered. Let's do a long shot Acker. It's been a while since we've had any luck in any leg, really. So let's try and focus on international football and see if it does us any favours. With that in mind, James, I'll start with you this week. What long shot between 2-1 to one and 5-1 to one have you got for me this weekend? Well, Ireland don't really do much for me as an international force in a minute. And next up, they face a Scotland side that could do the morale-boosting win after failing to reach the World Cup. Man for man, I made the Scots the stronger side. So I like the 11-5 on offer for the away win in Dublin. Do you know what? I also like that. So I'm going to have to have another pick up my sleeve. Don't worry about that for now, because, Jamie, you're next. I'm going to think of something. So, Jamie, what have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go for England to draw with Italy, um, five to two. I think obviously we've seen both sides draw against Germany in their, you know, their opening nation leagues matches, um, and I think we'll see the same again here. I definitely think this will be a close contest. We of course saw a draw in the in the European Championship finals uh, last year, and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely definitely going to go for another draw here um, at uh, five to two. It's a decent shout. I'll have to think on my feet. I'll go with. Switzerland to beat Spain at 3-1. to one. Um, Reasons as to why, I'm probably going to copy James's homework from earlier. With that said, Switzerland are a tough nut to crack at home. I know Spain in theory are the better team, but from a long shot point of view, I don't think backing Switzerland is the worst pick. So what have we got? We've got Scotland to win against the Republic of Ireland. We've got England and Italy to draw. And we've also got Switzerland to beat Spain. So hopefully those three do us justice. They get over the line and we've got a long shot Acker winnings to collect come next week. And of course, check out freebets.com for the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's go around to Saturday now and the small matter of England versus Italy. So Jamie's just mentioned a draw, but James, the big question is, can Gareth Southgate's men exact some revenge from almost 12 months ago? How do you see this one panning out? Well, it'd be typical England, wouldn't it, to go and beat Italy in a glorified friendly after chucking Euro 2020 glory away in a match that actually mattered. But... England haven't played all well in the last couple of games. I think vast sections of the squad are screaming for the season to end. And 
In fairness, Italy are probably the same, and I think all of those ingredients will mix and serve up a flat game, unfortunately. I certainly won't be back in England at odds on, that's for sure. They're 5-6 to six for most places to win here. Although I think if those digits were reversed, it would have a touch more appeal. But when you can get Italy or draw a double chance at better than evens, you're usually on to good news, and that's my selection here. Well, Jamie, after watching the Hungary-England game on Saturday, and even, you could argue, the Germany game on Tuesday, there's no doubt that the three lines have lacked raw in the last week or so. Do you think the changes will be run for this weekend? And if so, what bearing will that have on the game itself? Yeah, look, England were really poor in kind of those both matches. Um, we even saw against Germany, they did even try to change the system. And uh, again, they were still pretty poor. Um, obviously, getting that late penalty through Harry Kane to equalise. But otherwise, they were you know very disappointing. But... I think the big factor for this one will be that England will probably have a bit of revenge on their mind and I think that, that will certainly play its part. I think the players will certainly be fired up for this one. So, again, I don't really see a winner from this one, but um, I, I, I think I'll go for the draw for this one. But I do think England will produce a better performance because it's on home soil um, and because they'll definitely want to get revenge over uh, from the European Championship final. Well, as for the three lines on Tuesday evening... James, what did you make of the game? Do you get the feeling that England are going through the motions at the moment? Yeah, exactly that. And I think as fans, we're going through the motions a little bit while watching it. But yeah, they're just lacking that bit of pep in their step at the minute, which is understandable. I think the last thing you want after a gruelling club season is four back-to-back international games. So it's no surprise that the level of performance has waned. I wouldn't read too much into this batch of games, though, as far as England's World Cup credentials are concerned, but it could perhaps do with a win sooner rather than later to send fans home for the season with a bit of a smile on their face. Yeah, I guess the Nations League at this point of the season is something of a double-edged sword because without it, we'd have meaningless friendlies. So although the Nations League has its own detractors, it's still competitive to a certain degree. But, you know, with international football, it's always money, isn't it? You know, shoehorning in another international tournament into an already busy schedule everyone's kind of tired, players, managers, us as fans, you kind of think, oh, like more football. Sometimes it is nice to have a little break, but we're kind of seeing that kind of unfold at the moment. And Jamie, is a reason for this, from an England point of view, the fact that, let's look at Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, they've had such long campaigns, both home and abroad, that ultimately a lack of intensity in this past week from those players is a byproduct of their long campaigns. Yeah, well, I think that Hungary away game was probably a little bit underrated. I think that that's always a difficult place to go. I know it's meant to be behind closed doors, but I think a lot of um, Hungarian fans still got into the ground. And, uh, you know, Hungary, they're a decent team as well. So um, I certainly think that that was maybe an underrated fixture from from maybe an England perspective. Um, I think as well, that excuse kind of against Germany, Germany would have had the same uh, factor in terms of lots of players having had a long seasons as well. So I don't particularly buy that. I kind of... Also, I'm, I'm still not a fan of the way that England set up. I do kind of consider it to be quite negative, and especially when you look at the attacking talents that, ha- that England have with the likes of Harry Kane, Mason Mount, Jack Grealish, uh, Bukayo Saka. So uh, it is, in, from that sense, it is pretty disappointing. I know we had very low possession uh, against Germany as well. So for me, I, I'd, I'd definitely have that factor of England. The way that England set up is, is, is not particularly... Uh, impressive, and I think as well, he also likes to stick with um, players that he trusts, and and leaves out some key players like Trent, Bellingham, and Ramsdale. So, you know, that's another thing I'd like to see. I'd like to see some of those players come back into the team. But uh, yeah, I, I, for me, I think the, the the way that England set up is is maybe a bit of a factor as to why why the performances have been so flat and disappointing. Well, Bellingham could play on Saturday due to the injury to Calvin Phillips, and I guess if you're a Leeds fan, even if you're Jesse Marsh, for example, you know, you're going to be f- frustrated that one of your key 
names has got injured again after missing a big chunk of the Premier League season in an international window. Now, I know it happens, but you're kind of thinking, oh, do you know what I mean? This is the Nations League window. Now, one of my biggest names is injured. I've got to worry about whether he's fit for the start of next season. But I guess that is the, the world of football that we're in at present. But anyway, I digress because let's go back to Saturday's main focus now, James. We all like goals. There's no doubt about that. So the big question is, what do you reckon the over-under will be at Wembley this weekend? Well, this fixture hasn't yielded all that many goals in the past. Under 2.5 has been a winner in each of the last three, all of which were one all draws after 90 minutes, by the way. So I'd be inclined to go that way again here. England's last two have seen under 2.5 and four of Italy's last seven have as well. So no surprise to see the unders price at a pretty paltry four to six. Sounds a bit skinny there. But Jamie, Harry Kane... He's in touching distance of Wayne Rooney's goal-scoring record. It's now a half-century, so we spoke about the changes being rung, but surely he'll be leading the line on Saturday, and if so, does any time, or even first goal-scorer, take your fancy here? Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think with you know 14 goals in his last 14 internationals, you'd definitely back him to do that. Of course, he is chasing that record of, of Wayne Rooney. Um, he's only three off him, so you know he'll be definitely fired up for this one. He's eight to five to score any time, and I think that that's actually fairly decent value. Now, James, when we look at Italy, they were beaten by Argentina in the Cup of Champions. They were also held by Germany last weekend. It is a new wave of talent, there's no doubt about that. But what names take your fancy before their trip to England? Uh, I think in terms of potential future stars, you're looking at the likes of Sandro Tonali, who's a really good controlling midfield player and has just won the Scudetto of AC Milan, still only 22 years of age. So, plenty to come from him. Nico Barea, I also like as well, a really dynamic midfielder over at Inter. But aside from that, I don't get particularly excited about this Azuri side. It's very much a change in the guard and a waiting game more than anything. See if the young players can fill the huge gap soon to be left by the likes of Giorgio Chiellini. Will he finally ever retire? I mean, I know he might be going to Major League Soccer, but as you say, it's kind of, they need transition at some point in Italy, but it always takes so long. But Jamie, let's once again pivot back to the World Cup odds. England, the same price as France, that being 13-2. to Would you put them that high in terms of a current price, or is this home bias driving the price down? Yeah, well, I think considering, you know, the fact that we got to the Euros final and then, of course, a World Cup semi-final, I certainly back England to go pretty far into this into this competition. Um, but I think ultimately it will, it will come down to Southgate and the players not really having that know-how of getting over the line. I think if you look at a team like France, they definitely have, you know, that ability to get over the line. And, and maybe Argentina and Brazil, um, you know, these are all top teams with players who have been in those big pressure situations. I look at that England team and I think that that's kind of what they're missing. And especially with Gareth Southgate, I think in that Euros final, it was a game that England probably should have gone on to win. Um, but I think ultimately Mancini is a guy who's, you know, been there and done it many times on the big stage. So um, I think ultimately it's the experience it's probably going to tell. And uh, yeah, so I'd have to say, you know, those odds is, is maybe a definitely a bit of a home, home bias there. Yeah, certainly with what we've seen in the past week. Of course, it could still change. There's plenty of international football left between now and November. But yeah, you're always kind of looking at an England price in outright odds and thinking, you know, is this artificially what it is? And I think there is a certain feeling at the moment. But James, let's move away from England and the World Cup because Scotland won't be going to the World Cup after their exit to Ukraine a week or so ago. They're also in action on Saturday as they play Ireland at the Aviva Stadium. Now, you may have already foreshadowed this one, but how do you see this one panning out? Yeah, I think Ireland are very much there for the taking, Dan. They had a terrible result in Armenia last time out, and 
although Scotland are hardly in spark of form themselves, they do have what I'd say is probably their best squad for a number of years. I don't think there'll be many goals. These two sides' weak spots are both up front, so don't expect a classic. But nip and tuck victory for the Scots could be the way to go here. And away win to nil is my selection here. You can get that at a pretty punchy four to one. Now, Jamie, when you look at the Ireland squad, it's fair to say that Stephen Kelly's men are something of a work in progress and goals have been in short supply. With that said, who can you see offering the Irish firepower at the weekend? Yeah, well, they blanked against Armenia on Saturday. So, again, it's not really a market I'd particularly be jumping at. But I think if I was to, if I was to give a you know a shout for a goal scorer, it would be maybe Callum Robinson at 5-2 uh, to two any time. Um, I think that's a fairly decent shout, but maybe a, and again, a, maybe a more uh, longer shot would be Troy Parrott at three to one. Of course, you know a guy who's come through the Spurs academy, um, and he did actually score the last goal at the Aviva Stadium uh, for Ireland as well. So there is that factor. But yeah, I think given that given the fact that he didn't play uh, against Armenia, I think there is a chance that he might be brought back into the team. So Troy Parrott to score any time at three to one, I think, is a, a fairly decent shout. I think it is a very decent shout. I think it is a very decent shout, actually. I mean, as you rightly say, he scored that dramatic late goal at the Aviva. Parrots, I remember on the Twitter and all that. So, yeah, it was a, it's a good strike. And I think if you're looking for value, that might be the direction of travel there. But, James, once again, I've been generous enough to dish out some more virtual bets. I've got another virtual fiver to hand to you. You can place it on any market for Ireland versus Scotland. Where would your money be going on this one? Well, I wasn't a popular man in the pub last week when I promised to pay for my round of drinks with a virtual £20 note. But I'll still take your five if it's going. I think the best thing to do with it is chase value and go for draw half-time Scotland full-time at 6-1. to one. I can't see it being a great game. In fact, I think it'd be a pretty cagey one between two low-scoring sides. But ultimately, I'm backing the visitors to sneak it. And Jamie, of course, I'm not leaving you out. There's a virtual fiver for you. Where would your money be going on this game? Yeah, look, I'm actually going to go in the opposite direction. I'm going to go for a, a Republic of Ireland win and I'm going to go for them to win to nil, actually, um, five to two. Um, Ireland, they're under, undefeated in their last five home matches. Um, and they're in those games, they faced the likes of Serbia, Portugal and Belgium. So I think, you know, at the, at the Aviva Stadium, they've certainly shown a bit of form. So, uh, I, and as we said, these are two sides that are pretty low scoring. So, you know, maybe a one nil, but I fancy them to maybe just about nick it. Um, and as I said, I'm going to go for Republic of Ireland to win to nil uh, at five to two. Very good. I like it when you go against each other. It's like the Champions League final show all over again. But let's move on because now I like a correct score from you both. Once again, it doesn't matter where it is in the world, although it's probably easier to keep it in the Nations League. With that in mind, James, I'll start with you this week. What have you got for me? Well, there's a clash of the Titans on Friday night as Andorra hosts Liechtenstein. <laughs> and the two meetings they've had, the final score has been 1 0 for winner piece. And I'm going to go for the Andorans here. I've only lost once in the last four games. I think, didn't think I'd ever say that, actually. And along the way, they've had a couple of 1 0 wins. The same again here is 9 2. There we go, Andorra fans, if you're listening. James is on board. Jamie, what have you got for me? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to go pretty big for this one. I'm going to go for Denmark to win 3-1 against Croatia at 16-1. to So, uh, yeah, again, a, a very big one. But Denmark, I mean, they've been really impressive in the Nations League at the moment. They've you know, beaten France. They beat Austria away. Um, and then for Croatia, I think I mentioned earlier, you know, they've been in pretty poor form. Um, they conceded three against Austria. This is a, uh, an Austrian side who Denmark did also beat 2-1 on Monday. So um, I definitely see a Denmark win here. And actually, I think it'll be a pretty high-scoring game um, at 3-1 for Denmark. Lovely stuff. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this Nations League weekend. Right, there are still some Sunday Nations League issues to pick apart. And first, we're going to go to Windsor Park as Northern Ireland play host to Cyprus. 
And James, regardless of what they achieve in Kosovo on Thursday, they are still looking for their first home Nations League win. The big question is, can they get it? Well, if their trip to Cyprus was anything to go by, then you'd have to say probably not. They created very little in the way of chances and the Cypriots were unfortunate not to win it in the end. Home advantage will, of course, make a difference in Belfast, though. And Cyprus's away record is dreadful. In fact, there are only two wins on the road in the last five years came against Kazakhstan and San Marino. So with that in mind, I actually think Northern Ireland are worth a go here. You can get them at 7-10 to 10 to win this one. And Jamie, the last time these two sides met, it ended in a 0-0 draw. As James mm. alluded to earlier, quite a dour draw, a real struggle to watch. With that in mind, you can get attempting 11-10 to 10 for Cyprus to get at least a point in Belfast. Is that something that is up for consideration before Sunday? Yeah, of course, that, that goalless draw was only on Sunday. So I kind of see maybe a, a similar affair here. Um, but I do kind of maybe leaning towards Northern Ireland here. As I said, I think it'll be a low scoring one. Um, I think home advantage will probably, you know, make good for Northern Ireland. So I'm looking at a, maybe a 1-0 win here for Northern Ireland at, at 9-2. I, I, like, I like the sound of that. Lovely stuff. And staying in the same group, Greece play host to Kosovo on Sunday. Now, James, the Greek team may not evoke the spirit of Euro 2004, but at 3-4, to four, are they worth a dabble when it comes to a weekend accumulator? Well, if you want an entertaining game, then the Greeks shouldn't perhaps be your go-to, guys. The last eight games have all seen under 2.5 goals, but as you say, they are in decent form. They've won back-to-back games, including a 1-0 win in Kosovo, and I think it'll be a similar story here. 4-5 to five looks like decent value, but if that's not quite enough for you, then I think the win to nil makes sense at 7-4. to four. Well, Jamie, you're packed up and ready to go to Slovenia on Sunday. We spoke about their troubles earlier in the show. This time, they play host to Serbia. Now, the visitors are currently at evens. Would this be something that goes on your coupon? Mm, yeah, I, th- I think it would. Um, I think Serbia, they're, of course, a side who are going to the World Cup. Um, and they did win 4-1 against them on Sunday as well. So I think that that will definitely kind of, you know, uh, you know, make the decision in, in back in Serbia here. Of course, they do have lots of firepower as well in the likes of Luka Jovic, uh, Mitrovic and Milinkovic Savic, who had an amazing season in Serie A this year. Um, so, yes, yeah, Serbia are definitely the stronger of the two teams here. They showed that on Sunday and um, I, I certainly back them to do the same again. Of course, there's also a Nordic derby as Norway play host to Sweden. And James, if you had to pick the bones out of this one, what ma- Of course, there's a Nordic derby as Norway play host to Sweden on Sunday. And James, if you had to pick the bones out of this one, what markets have the most appeal here? Well, Norway is certainly the form side of the two, Dan. At the time of recording, they've won the last four games with an aggregate score of 14-1, including a victory in Sweden last weekend. So you'd be inclined to give the Norwegians the edge, but I would have warned that four of the last five meetings have ended in draws. I'm not overly worried about that, though. I like this Norway side, and I think they're worth backing at 21-20. to While Jamie, Malta play host to San Marino, and you can get 9-4 to for San Marino to score an odd number of goals. So it's not going to be three, let's assume that. Would you be tempted to back them to score one at that price? Yeah, I think this is probably not one that I'd be jumping at, to be honest. I think the fact that they they failed to score against Malta at home um, on the weekend, I think that that will definitely play a factor. So I wouldn't be backing this one. Um, I I don't think San Marino will score. Apologies, San Marino fans, if you're listening. But let's finally loop back round to where we began, and that is the group which involves Spain and the Czech Republic. So, James, they face each other on Sunday. You can get the draw at half-time and a Spain win at full-time at 3-1. to one. Does this float your boat at all? Yeah, I don't see why not. The Czech Republic gave Spain problems 
in the reverse fixture last weekend and are likely to offer some form of resistance away from home this time around. We know that when back in Spain wins it, you do have to exercise patience with them sometimes. The slow passing football doesn't always yield instant returns. So rather than back Spain at a rather miserly 2-5, to five, the 3-1 to one for draw half-time Spain full-time. So it looks much more jolly. Good man. And Jamie, Switzerland play host to Portugal that same evening. Could this be a game where the Swiss frustrate Ronaldo and co? Um, I don't think so. I think if you know you look at their opening two matches, they have lost them both. So I certainly don't you know don't see them getting anything from this one. They of course lost four nil um, against Portugal on the weekend as well. So yeah, I, I think Portugal definitely should get the job done here. Okay, before I find a bit of business, we've got a little bit of spare time, so I'm going to divulge my Champions League final story on Saturday. So as I may have alluded to. I don't know, in other shows, it was mine and my girlfriend's anniversary on that day of the final when I thought, oh dear, like, can't watch the final. However, when it comes to football, I'm always one step ahead. So I looked at what channel the Champions League final was in Italy and it turned out that it was on one of the channels in my hotel room. Excellent. Even better, but it's also weirdly, they had the final played and then they had the highlights straight afterwards, which is a bit sort of weird. It's not like match of the day where it's a bit of a break. It's straight onto the the start of the, you know, straight on the end of the next show. So I thought, okay, if I can get to 11 o'clock without knowing the result, bingo. So I get to like 10 o'clock, I've got an hour to myself. I thought, oh, well, if I kind of miss the time, if I miss the kind of spot on 11 o'clock, I'm going to miss some of the final. So what did I have to do? I had to sort of watch a bit of TV to keep me busy. The only thing I could really recognise was Mrs. Doubtfire in Italian. So I watched that for an hour, thought, bingo, get to 11 o'clock, but I didn't know what was going on with all the fans and the supporters and the delay. So because of that delay, the game had run long after 11 o'clock. So after all of that and trying to avoid the score and watching Mrs. Doubtfire in Italian, I then got to about the 65th minute, saw that Real Madrid had just gone 1-0 up and then fell asleep in the 85th minute and didn't even see the trophy being lifted. So what a waste of time that was, but a lovely holiday all the same. So that's my Champions League story. And now our final bit of business is the odds on threefold. Where once again, we pick a leg each, combine it into an acca. Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. Jamie, I'll start with you this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, look, again, I'm going to go against Switzerland. I've been pretty harsh on them this episode. I think it's another name to probably add to the list of, of teams that probably don't like us on this podcast now. Um, but I'm going to go for Spain to beat them uh, Spain to beat them at uh, 9 to 10. That's a solid shout. And James, what have you got, please? Yeah, we touched on them earlier, but I think Greece will have the goods against Kosovo. They've been in good defensive form and should be able to build on a decent run of results for a home win here. You can get a generous 4 to 5. That is generous. I'm going to go with... Germany. I'll go with Germany to beat Hungary in Hungary. I know Germany are yet to win in this Nations League cycle, but you know, a first win's got to come around the corner. Dare I say, if it weren't for that late penalty, they would have got three points on Tuesday night. They arguably deserved all three points. So I'm going to keep the faith from a German point of view, and I'm going to add them to our odds on Acker. So that is Spain, Greece, and Germany. If those three get over the line, we've got a winner. Right. All I need to do now, as we reach full time, is do the admin. And before we wrap up, I just need to mention that if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Pleasure. Cheers, Dan. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. All good. Thanks, Dan. Cheers, guys, and also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time... Goodbye.